We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Look up, think from your heart and not your pussy. It's one of my rock ballads. Hum it for me. Oh, I'll sing it. You are what you are. You are a canvas of life. You must retrain your pussy. Because your pussy don't know which way to go. So you got to take control. Because time after time, you keep making the same mistakes. Thinking these niggas will last in the end. But you got to learn, my friend, to think from your heart, but not from your pussy. Think from your heart, and not from your pussy. Think from your heart, not from your pussy, because your pussy don't know which way to go. So you got to plan for the future. Brescia Webb is an awesome hysterical actress, stand-up comedian. She had me dying while I was trying to talk to her about her career and Hollywood and ambition and trying to make it in this crazy industry. She is, she's crazy, which is perhaps why she's making it through this crazy industry. She's been on a Black Lady sketch show, Black AF, The Last OG, Marlon, and many, many more. She knows how to keep it going in Hollywood, which is why I wanted to talk to her. You'll get half of this episode right here for free for the whole thing, and I highly recommend it because she is hilarious. Go to patreon.com slash show. patreon.com slash show, And for just $5 a month, you can subscribe and get our Friday Patreon exclusive and 100% of our Wednesday episodes. All right, let's get into it. It's the awesome and hysterical Brescia Webb on Toray Show. What do you love about acting? What do I love about acting? I love just that I can be so many different things. I never could make my mind up of who I wanted to be when I was little. I was like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be this. I want to be that. And so as an actress, I get to be all of those things. Get to pretend to be a little bit different every day. Every day. Yeah. So that's one thing I love that I can just learn about new people, interact with different people, 
it's just you're always in a it can like a continuous wheel of learning you know what do you hate about acting what it does to your ego what it does to (laughs) your confidence at times you know it's for the glamour you know youth you know it, it you know what it what it does to fear you know how it i love how it makes me tackle fear but it also makes me fearful of things i can't control you know when i put my all into an audition or i get my hopes up about something and it doesn't come through and then i'm fearful to do it again when i believe in something again you know the belief of self um how to keep that going and still keep your head on straight and still be a giving person and still be down to earth. Um, It's a lot of complexities of what acting and what this business can do to your psychological mind and how to keep yourself grounded. I mean, it seems like it would be hard to control the shape of your career. Cause like, Oh yeah. It has nothing to do with you. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's how people view you. It's how, yeah, it's just so much out of your control. I mean, you would think that the success that you have boosts the ego because, you know, you, you go on set, everyone's taking care of you and looking out for you and pampering you and the light goes on and everyone's listening to you. And it's all about like, you know, you and what you do and how you do it. And like, especially you, you're like making us laugh and like there's a great ego boost and like making people laugh and yeah i mean yeah but i don't know it can feed the ego but when you don't get something that you really want or that you think you deserve it could be a bruiser as well i mean so it comes with it and it has it's all like this I mean, you've had a long career. You've been working a lot. You've been on a lot of big shows. Thank you. I have. How do you move up to the next level of the game? You know, just uh, taking more leaps of things that, you know, um, that I'm afraid to do. You know, like, I I just don't say no. You know, um, People didn't expect me to say, you know, do a drama, you know, for Fall from Grace and, you know, because they saw me as a comedic girl. Um, So that took them into looking at me differently. And then, you know, I don't know. Now I I don't I'm so clumsy. I want to do action. I feel like that's the next step. Like, how can I be an action hero? I'm super clumsy. Yeah, let's tackle that. Yeah. You know, so. So you're the sort of person who is afraid of something and says, let's go toward that. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Like, cause even stand up, that was something that I was petrified of doing, you know, like it's the hardest form of entertainment That's to get on stage with a mic and make them laugh, you know, and it's, it's terrifying if you're not prepared. That's why comics are crazy because you are your last performance. And so you're always like running after that, 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 that killer performance where you got everybody clapping and pulling over. And if they don't do that, then you're like, I got to get back in it. You know, it's like a, 
an addiction. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was something that I was petrified of doing and kind of just ran right into it. I was like, let's go. Like people say I'm funny and people say I should do stand up. I just talked two of my girlfriends into doing it with me and we, we, we still are all are doing it. And it's been such a big thing in my career now. Um, I mean, stand up, man, you're right. It is the hardest. The, there's no help. No help. There's no lights. Nope. There's no one else. No background you know. singers. No background nope. dancers. No, nope. no, nope. no, nope. no nope. nope. light okay. show. You know, a couple of drinks help, but it doesn't but really. If you take make too that... many drinks, you can't talk. <laughs> you can't. No, I mean, like the audience. Oh, the is audience. Having oh, a couple gosh. Drinks, I've done. I've but... done stand up at a library. Wherever there's an open mic. Are you the sort of person, like, I feel like there's two sorts of comics. There's people who can construct good material, like the Jerry Seinfeld wordsmith sort of thing. And then there's people who are like, just silly and funny, and they could read the phone book and you would laugh. And I think like, like Bernie Mac just comes out and he's like, I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. And you just laugh. He's just funny. Which one are you? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I like to be both. I think Bernie Mac was great at, tor- at storytelling and he had amazing catchphrases and he could play his characters very well. You know, you just knew you were in the story when he told the story. And that's yeah. what really made him such an amazing comedian because he had all of those things. So he could construct great jokes and great stories and then act them out with punchlines like that. You know, I, I ain't scared of you. Mother- like it would just be like, ah, you know? So, I mean, that's the goal, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think I'm just a funny person. I could okay. just tell jokes off of somebody that's in the audience. That makes me laugh. You know, like, you know, you've been up there where you run out of material and you're just having a shitty day and you just make fun of yourself. And that's funny, you know, and some of the best material comes out of it that way. I mean, you slayed me on Black AF. Oh, my God. Thank you. You're so funny. And some of your funniest lines, you know, this on the page is just like whatever. But the way you say it. I think when, uh, you know, when Rashida Jones goes off about, like, why she's doing this and who she is, and you're like, well, you know, or, you know, you could just say no comment. Like, that, that'd be that fine. Too. <laughs> and, you know, and it's and it's hysterical. And it's just, it's like, it's just the music and the voice and the silliness and the, like, you know. Thank you very much. I'm very flattered. Thank you. Because that was, like, a dream just to work with Rashida Jones and and Neil Long. Like I'm still a baby when it comes to this. Like I grew up watching Neil Long, you know, who didn't want to be in the best man, you know, and Rashida Jones, like, I I mean, just with all of those Judd Apatow movies and things like that. Like she was the only black one. She was the only black girl. It was like, you know, you squint, you be like, she might be Caucasian, but she is black. She is black. She is Quincy Jones' daughter. Her sister's name is Rashida. I mean, what's her sister's name? Kadada. Kadada. Yeah, they got black ass names. Like they, Rashida and Kadada are black ass names. Black ass names. Okay, so they've been repping for a long time. So I was so honored to be amongst them, and you know, I was just a little kid in a candy shop. 
this is the story you tell on there about being on the plane. Yes. And giving it up to the guy. What did you let you let the guy give me uh uh he he yeah what was it what what's the what's the medical term uh <laughs> it was like uh what is it what is it i haven't even I, i'm not so saying long. it but you know it. i think they know yeah, it. and, you, the and you're telling the story you are telling the hell out of the story it's, cuddling. it's gravity <laughs> you told the hell out of that story and i'm just like wow she's hysterical a lot of fun that day. Just a lot of fun. But, you know, I'm so excited that people are starting to see me as straight comedy because from what I've, what people have normally seen me in with Marlon, who is like the best that does, you know, multicam, stand up, just comedy. They just are a comedic force, just the way in mm-hmm. general. Um, so people know me from Marlon and, and working with him and sex tuplets and then love that girl. So people know me from a very broad mm-hmm. comedy. So it, it was great to see, you know, people respond to me as more centered single camera, you know, like I could just talk and be funny too. Like just talk. <laughs> what take me back to when you were saying, first saying to yourself, I want to do that. I want to be on stage acting, making people laugh. What made you say that is the thing for me you know i think i think you know i was raised in a theater you know like just raised you know i was i'm a black girl with baptist roots so we're very performative people (laughs) you know so where'd you grow up I, i grew up in baltimore baltimore city oh you went to tupac and jada's school baltimore school for the arts yes <laughs> yeah, you are the best. Yeah, so I went to their Twigs program and their high school. So like they take the inner city kids and uh you audition and all that kind of stuff. So I was very much into theater and dance very early in my, you know, you know, adolescent life. Just performing was so important. And so when I got paid for the first time doing it, I was like, oh, I just got up on stage. And did some stuff and I got paid. Like I won, I, I, I did fences at like a, a re, you know, a regional theater. And, uh, you know, the actors were all from New York and there were girls grad, you know, auditioning from all over f- to play Raynell. And my mom was like, well, you can go. You know, I begged her to go and I got the part. And she was like, how did you do that? You know, like then they started going, oh, okay. She's cool. She got to sing a song. She got lines. And I showed up ready. I had matinee performances. You couldn't tell me shit. And so when they gave me a check and I had a bomb summer, I said, this is what I'm doing for life, you know? So I think that was the payoff. And I thought from majority of the time I was going to do mostly drama, I thought that that was my niche, you know, my niche, you know, I was going to do drama so when I went to college and I um, I graduated from California Institute of the Arts, that's what brought me here, and uh, graduated from there from with a degree. I was more like avant-garde, you know, let's be a tree and do poetry. You know, I was very artsy-fartsy with uh, a little bit of hood shit, you know, because I'm still from Baltimore. So I thought I was crime mob and, you know, Lil Wayne and all of that with some... <laughs> 
Sarah McLaughlin. I don't know. I was weird. You know, it was really weird. Uh, I don't know where I pulled Sarah McLaughlin from because she didn't have a hit back when I graduated. But I liked her. Um, but yeah, like I really thought I was going to do drama. So when I like got repped by my agents and everything, I was the drama girl. I was a teenage pregnancy, teenage pregnancy girl who gets her baby taken away from child protective services. You know, like that was my thing. You know, and um, then I did ER. And so I was mostly just drama. And then um, I did like a high school musical movie, singing and dancing and and then kind of bridged my way into comedy. They were just like, oh, there's this audition for comedy, you know, for Martin Lawrence to play like Tatiana Ali's friend. And I read the script and I was like, I know that this is written for Tatiana Ali. So I'm not going to read for Tatiana Ali's part, you know, or her friend, you know, I don't believe myself as Tatiana Ali's best friend. Cause I was like, maybe like 20, I, I looked 16, 18. I didn't look like I was like out of college. And so I was like, I want to audition for I'm unique. That's the hood rat receptionist, the Shanae character. I was like, they were like, you sure you want to do that? I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to be hood. Like people who don't see me that way. And I know this person, like those are my cousins. <laughs> I spend maybe 20 minutes in Baltimore city. I'm this girl sometimes. And so I dressed up and went in that room and they were like, can you come back later for the callback and go further? Went further and got more hoop, hoop earrings and got more hood and got the part. And they loved and they it. Were, they loved it. But the one thing that they said was, you can't do this role unless you do stand up. So Bentley Kyle Evans and uh, Martin and all of them were like, you have to do stand up in order to play I'm Unique because you have to understand these comedic beats. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. 
each of NPR's Black voices are as direct, varied, distinct, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. Hey, peeps. It's your girl, Danielle Moody, host of Woke AF Daily. Every weekday, I'm sounding the alarm and keeping you woke to all the pure evil that is going on in our country. Check me out now at patreon.com slash woke AF. Get five new shows every week for just $5 a month. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. You have an advanced degree in performance, right? what mfa yeah no just a bfa you have a bfa okay but what did you learn in college (laughs) that really has stuck with you wow why are you laughing (laughs) what did i learn i mean i mean like that stuck with you about acting and performing and like what you're doing i know it's weird it's weird because cal arts at the time just is uh, no shade, no tea, but my high school really was amazing, okay. you know? And so when I came to college, I was pretty much already trained. It was just my ticket to come to Los Angeles. Okay. My parents weren't going to let me come unless I went to college. <laughs> that part. Um, but I think the one thing that it taught me in particular, and we've got some amazing students that have graduated from there, like Tiffany Boone. She's on Little Fires Everywhere. Look her up. She's great. That's my little sis. She's also from Baltimore. But anywho, I think what I learned mostly from CalArts is just more how to hustle. Um, you know, you have your shows and things like that, but I had my own mission about what I wanted to do. Like I knew I wanted to be in front of the camera. I did not come to California just to be a stage actress, you know, and of course you're doing Ibsen and Shakespeare and, you know, all of the classics, but like, where's the camera? Mm. You know, so I was like going into the film school and auditioning for them and going like, why are you guys hiring in Hollywood when you guys have a theater school right here? 
kind of merged the two, you know, and doing some of their projects so I could have a reel. And I got my voiceover agent by doing voiceovers at at school with the animation department. You know, it's a Disney school. And so um, I started getting into animation really heavy in college, you know, so that was mainly what I learned. Well, what did you learn in high school since you went to this amazing sort of, you know, historic arts, performing arts high school, and you say they taught you everything you needed to know? I mean, I think it's just don't lose yourself in your um, in your exploration of becoming an artist. Part of what makes you you is who you are, you know? And I think a lot of these conservatories try to make you into this thespian, you know? And yes, there was a time when you had to be in a very, you know, American accent dialect, breathing from your anus type of thing. That was actually what my teacher said. <laughs> you know, like, you know, there was this type of persona of a theater actress and now you're doing television, you know, and, and it's so now television and film is more based off of who you are and playing it close to who you are and your true emotions and what the characters feed you instinctually. And uh, I feel like conservatories try to get that out and try to silence who you are. Um, so you can be a Shakespearean actress, whatever that means. And most plays that I love and most actors that I love that do Shakespeare and do most of the classic plays bring more of themselves to it. And it's not so traditional in the, um, directorial thing. It's like, how do we make this, this language that was taught so long ago and was informative for cultures then, how do we make and translate that to now and um yeah I feel like that's what my high school taught me it was like who you are being from the church and all of that your life experiences make you a better performer so don't lose that has it been what you thought it would be has it been what you wanted it to be being out here and doing my dream and stuff yeah, I mean, I said I always wanted to do this. Like, I came out saying I wanted to be inside the TV. Um, you know, I'm 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 very amazed how you know, I you know, God put in my spirit that I wanted to do this and that I followed Him and followed my you know my faith steps, and it's led me here, and I'm still here, and working and supporting myself, you know, and, you know, I was like, you know, in LA is like buying a house is such a big deal, you know, when you're supporting yourself, doing what you love and to be able to do that and to be thinking forward and being like, okay, what else do I want to do? And how else am I going to continue to prosper in this career and build a family and all of that. I mean, it's truly the dream. I mean, I'm very happy with how it's going. Of course, when you're younger, you think about how it's going to go and where I'm going to be at a certain age. And it's, I, I actually won't, I don't regret uh, the stairs that I've taken. I mean, whatever, 
whatever you choose to do in life, be it acting or sports or whatever, you have a conception of what it is before you get into it. Oh yeah, that. Oh, um, I kind of, uh, I've always been based in reality about what this industry is because I've always worked and interact with real actors, actors. I mean, when I was younger, I was in regional theater. So I was working with actors that were living in New York and doing it, you know? So I just pray. My prayer was, Lord, I don't want to live in my car. Okay. I don't want to get on drugs and have to live in my car and sell ass just to act. That was my, that was my prayer. So that I haven't done any of those things. I'm happy, you know, because I the the misconceptions or the conceptions that I knew about being an artist um, were you're going to be broke. You're going to struggle. You're going to hear no's all the time. You can't trust people. Um, the casting couch. So many, yeah. You know, like, so that is what my mental was. I was always based in reality. And I, I think my parents were putting me around artists. And I think it was because my, my mom was a dancer, um, a professional dancer, you know, before she had me and uh, my dad sang and toured and did stuff. So they, even though they had regular jobs raising me, they knew the ups and downs of being an artist. And they were like, if that's what you want to do, you really have to be about your art. It's like the glam and all of this, this was secondary. I didn't even see this really ever, you know, like I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. I would love to be fabulous because I am fabulous at heart, but I was like, I have to be a part of the, it has to be the work. Mm-hmm. It has to be the work and you have to be great at everything. You know, my mom was like, I used to play violin for seven years. And so my mom was like, well, if you play in violin, that, that could be another job you can have while you're doing your other things. And so I've always had in my mind, like I have an animation show coming out uh, this year on Fox. It's called um, House Broken. And it's with Lisa Kudrow and all of these amazing comedic actors. But I've been doing animation for Disney for years, you know, and cartoons and Nickelodeon. Like, you know, I've always seen other avenues of just in the acting thing. But, you know, now that people in pandemic are looking at avenues of how do I make this work and how do I position myself to be, you know, in all these. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, Market. 
thrivemarket.com slash Toray. thrivemarket.com slash Toray. On March 16th, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamin, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Different pockets. I came here thinking about that. You know, so the industry and what this is, is exactly how I envisioned it. I was expecting the no's. I was expecting that I was going to do, have to go above and beyond. I was expecting that I was ever always going to be changing or just evolving and trying to better myself, always keep learning about different ways to do things. Just all that. Don't go broke. And you so these see- new babies, these babies that be like, I want to be an actress, you know, I want to go to the premieres. I was like, yeah, if you can get an invite, honey. Okay. If you can't get an invite, you ain't invited. Okay. Is, is is there I mean when you talk about not going broke, is there a notion of like saving because you don't know when the next job is gonna come? Might be six months, might be eighteen months, so we gotta take half this check or sixty percent of this check and put it aside and what would you want? What do you what do you what tell us what's real? I mean, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, you know, like Finances and things like that are so important when it comes to this industry. Like, of course, um, you know, I, you know, being successful and showing, you know, how successful you are is a part of this business as well. Okay. Um, yes. But, you know, like, you know, but it, it also is doing it the right way, you know, because every check isn't the check you spend, you know, like you have to get in a, and that was mainly because I was around real actors, you know, um, my mom's talking about, she just got a chicken box. We should not celebrate that. <laughs> my mom's in Baltimore. She was like, I got a chicken box and a half and a half and half. I'm like, girl, no, no, you don't. You ain't getting that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sit down somewhere. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I feel like being around real artists that have had peaks and valleys and, you know, uh, it it ebbs and flows and you got to be prepared for that. Like one of them, Sally Field, I mean, because I used to like love watching E! True Hollywood Story, right? And Behind the Music. That was like my favorite pastime. Behind the Music. Love Behind the Music. Love behind the music. I mean, it was so many nuggets of wisdom that you get from the Fleetwood Mac story. Mm. Okay. And from all those stories, like you'd be like, yo, this is real juicy. Never fuck that work. Don't fuck at work. Don't do that. You're going to mess up the paper. See, look at them. They was just switching all around, getting on drugs, trying to get over the. Nah, don't do that. So, yeah. So I would look at those shows and, you know, listen to them. But I remember Sally Field was saying one of the first things that she did when she moved out to LA and started working after like her first or second gig was she got a business manager. And I was like, what? 
you get a business manager. She was like, this is your business. And, you know, one thing you don't want to get caught up in is tax invasion when you're getting your money. You know, it's like you're your own business and you want to make sure that you're in in line with a lot of the things that you're doing and being frugal and being on, you know, on par with everything that you're doing. Of course, having someone that you can trust and having someone that won't steal your money, but that also means that you have to be on top of everything too. So I never lost track of that in my mind. You know, I was like, I always have to be aware of where my money is, how it's working for me. And, uh, you know, I, I come from very humble beginnings. You know, my parents are still together. We're, you know, I was raised in the same house that they're still in, you know, and they're seniors and that's, those are my kids. You know, like I tell them, I'm like, y'all my kids. You know, but it's also being aware of what your goals are and how to make that work. So you're, yeah, when you're in a peak, you save, you know, you don't have a 401k, you know, you got to put money away for your retirement. And a lot of these, these kids, you just taking pictures with money. And I'm like, baby, baby, you need that money. baby, put that shit in stock, put that shit in a, in some in some in some property, okay? Right, right. A rental property. You know, have your money work for you. So that's the best advice I give people is like when I make money, I'm putting money away. You know, you gotta put it away. So when you are having a peak, you can look around and be like, but look at everybody still peaking. You know, you look at Jay-Z and everybody talking about paintings and things like that and how you can make money. And it's like, yeah, that's what the white people do. That's why they still working. That's why. That's why they chilling during the pandemic. Okay. Okay. They chilling. Um, it, it, you talk about doing an animated show. The, the town has had to really change because of the pandemic. And I wonder what are some of the, the shifts, the, the improvisations, the changes that you've seen? Uh, be, you know, I see sometimes people are trying to shoot things that, take advantage like that are about the pandemic so then we don't have to you know be around a lot of people um but i mean we've been going so long the creative starts to get affected so how is how is that part of it all uh you know i'm very blessed i will say that i've been working pretty consistently during this pandemic and i know that that's not common for everyone else so uh it, your 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 creative space does go kind of nuts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of comics now are doing a lot of Zoom comedy shows, uh, comedy shows outside. I know my boy Kevin on stage does, uh, what is it, mm. social distance, comedy distance. I forgot. It's If you look up Kevin on stage on He's Instagram. He's crushing it. Yeah, he uh, he has this amazing comedy show. You pay like $10 on YouTube or for the tickets and you can watch it on YouTube. Um, and he has all these comics that you never really get to see. Like, I know this upcoming show, he has like, um, Gary, Gary Oldman and like, it's just like like some really great comics and other comics that you don't really get to see that are always at the clubs and, you know, they can finally get off, you know, a lot of podcasts are taken off. I did a podcast with one of my best girlfriends, um, 
Because we just cut, we just got sick of not seeing each other, even though we lived close to each other. And she had her kids, and it was funny. But I was like, we could just talk the shit on podcasts, and people would watch it. And so, you know, that was one way to exercise our creativity and figure that out, and have live chats with people. And you know, I still don't get into the TikTokers and stuff like that. I'm trying to, but I don't even know how you look up challenges and. It's just exhausting. Then you got to edit. I'm like, that is not my ministry. You know, I'm a performer. I do one thing at a time. You know, and not my ministry, but even filming during COVID, you know, like it's interesting. Like we all wear our masks and our shields. Everyone, you 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 get comfortable not seeing people's faces. Yeah. It's like when you when they take down their mask or you see them far away and they take down their mask, it's like they're showing you their titty. I know. It's like, oh, I, wow, look I at your titty. walking down the street the other day and I saw uh, this woman had her mask off and she was pretty. And I was like, wow, like a woman's face. And it was, it, I, I didn't think, I was like, it was like showing skin, right? Yes. Like, it, you know. it, it's, for me, it's like showing an actual titty. For more from me and Brescia, the party just continues on over at patreon.com slash Torre Show. You don't want to miss the rest of this awesome interview. Thank you so much to Brescia for a fantastic interview. I really appreciate it. And thanks to you for listening. And thanks to our super producers, Britt, Marcus Harkis, Noel, Sam Montes, Jason Reynolds, Gerville Calais, Michelle Brenda Cox, Kathy F., Keena Murphy, Earl Dorsey and Theotokos. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Friday and on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.